Good afternoon and thank you for tuning in to this November 23rd edition of The Rewind, your Tuesday news podcast. I'm your host, Emily Thompson. In today's episode, Rewind reporter Chloe Courtney Bull brings us updates on the plans to defund the Tufts Portuguese program and the student movement that is trying to save it. But first, a conversation with Zoe Caba, who covers the Tufts Community Union Senate for the Tufts Daily. Zoe, thank you so much for joining us at The Rewind. How are you? Yeah, of course. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you today. We're talking about TCU Senate. How long have you been covering it? I've been covering TCU Senate since the beginning of this semester, and I cover their weekly meetings, which is every Sunday night. Okay, that's a lot. Um, Well, what are you covering mostly when you write these pieces? What are they up to? Yeah, so I basically sit in on all the TCU Senate meetings, And my articles recap basically anything that they talk about during those meetings. So they usually start with just like a roll call and they go into committee updates where the chair of each of the Senate committees basically discuss any projects that they're working on. So, for example, like the chair of the service committee has been talking a lot about like the turkey shuttle, which is like a free transportation, bringing students to the airport around the time of Thanksgiving. And then a lot of the time, the bulk of the meeting is hearing supplementary funding requests from student clubs and organizations, which is basically a group requests some amount of money and then the allocations board either accepts that amount, proposes a new amount, or proposes nothing at all. And then the Senate body votes on that request. And then occasionally when things get really exciting, there's a resolution that's voted on. The students who submit the resolution have a chance to come in and talk about it and sort of state their case. Yeah, so Turkey Shuttle. I kind of want to look into that. Yeah, um, it sounds like a really cool project. Yeah, but let's talk a little bit about the Allocations Board. Um, recently, you reported about the Tufts Republicans requesting $560 to attend a shooting range. Can you tell me a bit about what went down with that? Sure. It was really interesting, actually. So, I mean, just like any other student group would request funding, um, Tufts Republicans requested money and it was to fund a trip to a gun range um, to learn about gun safety with, I think, like a trained professional. And then the allocations board didn't approve of this request. They usually do approve of clubs' requests. It's like rare that they don't approve of it. And so they recommended not to fund the club at all. And then Tufts Republicans submitted what's called like an appeal, which is like when they come in, and sort of explain why they disagree with the decision and why they thought that they should be funded. And so Tufts Republicans basically said that since one of the purposes of their club is to support conservative ideas, and since the right to bear arms is like a a tenant of like the conservative ideals, and they said that they should have the right to practice their Second Amendment right safely. And they said that the trained professional and this course would sort of help them be able to do that. And then the consensus among the Senate body was that they felt like the trip to the shooting range did not lend itself to the mission and the mission statement of Tufts Republicans as stated in their constitution. And that was basically their whole argument. And Senate only really funds um, activities that are in support of a club's mission. So they sort of based their argument off of the fact that they said it wasn't a part of like the club's mission. Okay, so was that... TCU Senate as a whole that made that decision or was that the allocations board that came to that conclusion? 
Yeah, so I believe it's the allocations board that initially either like proposes a new amount or votes on like the initial request. But then when an appeal happens, it sort of go, goes to the whole Senate body and everybody gets to vote on it. So that was an entire vote. And I'm pretty sure they voted unanimously um, not to fund Tufts Republicans. So yeah, that was a vote of the whole Senate body. Mm, interesting. Um, so let's talk about the allocation board a little bit. Before this appeal, they make most of the decisions to fund um, the requests from student organizations. So how many members are on this board? And can you speak a little bit to the power that they have when deciding what funds are distributed to each organization? Yeah, so I think there's around nine or ten members of the allocations board. It's pretty small in comparison to like the rest of the Senate. And yeah, I mean, as far as I know, they make all like most of the decisions when it comes to like funding student organizations. Sometimes like the request will pass by acclamation. And that means only the members of the allocations board have voted. And that's like fine. And it just passes. And then there are other times when the entire Senate body gets to vote on the request. If it's not passed by acclamation, it's a little bit confusing. So I think the allocations board has most of the power, um, but in instances where a a request doesn't pass by acclamation, the entire Senate body gets to vote. How many requests are they hearing each Sunday, these nine or ten people making this decision? Yeah, so I think they hear it. There's like an allocations board meeting before the Sunday night Senate meetings, and they sort of like come to that decision. So like when I go there, they basically give me a sheet, and it says... The allocations board has already voted on the request, and they're just kind of like reading it out loud to the Senate body. How much money does the allocations board have to work with? Guessing it's a lot of money, but they're also very cautious with their decisions. And I know I said like they fund most things, but there have been a lot of instances where a group requests some amount of money and they lower it because of they have caps on how much they're allowed to spend on travel or things like that. Let's move on to resolutions passed by TCU Senate. There have been a couple passed in your recent reporting. Can you tell me a little bit about that? The most uh, recent one was earlier in November when two sophomores came to Senate with a resolution that would basically call on admissions to stop asking applicants if they have family who are alumni, faculty, or are connected to the university in any way. And they also asked to remove the question of familial connection from all aspects of the application process. Um, So basically they said that eliminating familial connection from the applications process would help Tufts fulfill its commitment to becoming an anti-racist institution. And they felt that removing the aspect of familial connection would allow more students of color to be admitted to the university. Um, And they also explained in in sort of giving their background information that the Tufts School of Medicine recently made this change and stopped asking applicants about their familial connection. And a lot of schools, it seems like, are following suit. um, And they felt strongly that undergraduate admissions should do the same. Yeah. And so then that was passed by TCU Senate? Yes, that Um, was passed. Do you know by which Um, votes? I think mostly everybody voted to pass that. I don't remember there being anybody who was opposing. There might have been a couple who are abstaining. Yeah, but you could find that online too. Okay. Um, And then let's talk a little bit about the Tufts Labor Coalition statement that TCU Mm -hmm. endorsed. Can you tell me what was within the statement and arguments by um, TLC? So that was a little different. It wasn't a resolution, but Mm -hmm. it was just a statement that TCU Senate decided to endorse. 
So Tufts Labor Coalition basically sent a letter to the vice president of operations asking for a town hall style meeting where facilities workers could address some of their concerns directly with the administration. For the past couple of years, um, since before the pandemic, they've been sort of wanting this town hall style meeting where they could voice their concerns. And then TLC sent the letter to TCU Senate in order to, I think, just put more pressure on the administration to hold this town hall style meeting. And then the Senate body voted unanimously to endorse the statement. I'm not really too clear on like what the power of it is either but i think just like having tcu senate sign on is a way of just putting more pressure on the administration because tcu senate is supposed to represent the voices of the entire student body so that's the idea of it you know these are big goals to have a town hall style meeting addressing labor concerns to ban legacy admissions Mm -hmm. and then most recently you reported on an upcoming vote on the Portuguese program, the TCU Senate passing a resolution trying to sustain it. The idea is that TCU Senate is representing the student body and putting pressure. They don't have any other authority beyond that. Um, I think like the authority that they hold mostly is in terms of like funding student groups. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I know there have been like resolutions that have been passed by Senate and then they sort of go to the administration and then nothing really happens with that. I think like last year there was like the SJP resolution and I know there have been like other instances where the student body sort of proves that like they support it and then it goes to the administration and then nothing happens. So I mean like I'd like to think that they have some sort of power and that's like a way of sort of letting letting the the higher ups like at the school know that this is how the student body feels but I don't think those like decisions necessarily like just change anything like immediately I'm sure there have also been like some successful ones yeah I'm guessing there have been a lot of successful ones maybe more than there Mm -hmm. have been unsuccessful ones but since I've been reporting I've only heard one resolution and there's one upcoming in a couple weeks so I'm not really too sure okay Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It's great to be here. Editor's note, the TCU Senate resolution to end legacy emissions at Tufts passed with 23 senators in favor, one opposed, and three abstaining. In the news this week, On Friday, the House of Representatives passed a $2.2 trillion bill containing funding to strengthen the social safety net and combat climate change. Some of its provisions included universal pre-K for three and four-year-olds, an extension of the child tax credit through 2022, paid family and medical leave for workers, and tax incentives for clean energy. The bill passed narrowly with unanimous Republican opposition. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy spoke in opposition to the bill for over eight hours. It now moves on to the Senate. On Sunday, the CDC expanded COVID-19 vaccine booster eligibility to include all adults ages 18 and up. Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty on five felony counts after he fatally shot two people and wounded a third this summer. The verdict has reignited conversations surrounding the reach of self-defense laws. Michelle Wu was sworn in as Mayor of Boston on November 18th. Wu made history as the first woman and person of color elected to the office. At her swearing-in ceremony, she emphasized the importance of city government and expressed her excitement to get to work for the people of Boston. 
Kamala Harris briefly served as the first female acting president of the United States on Friday, while President Joe Biden was under general anesthesia during a routine colonoscopy. The Daily reported that economics and computer science faculty will begin moving into the coming center this month. Upon its completion, the six-story, 90 million building will house the economics, computer science, and mathematics departments, two programs in the Fletcher School, and a cafe that will not be operated by Tufts Dining or accept jumbo cash. President Biden recently pardoned two turkeys named peanut butter and jelly, continuing a decades-long White House tradition. Next up, Tufts decided to eliminate the Portuguese minor without directly informing its two Portuguese lecturers. Students have been pushing for the university to reverse its decision using a petition and most recently a TCU Senate resolution. Rewind reporter Chloe Courtney Bowl has the story. Tufts University recently decided to eliminate the Portuguese minor, a move the administration is attributing to low enrollment in the program. In response, students have circulated a petition and are planning to submit a TCU Senate resolution calling on the university to save the program, citing Tufts' commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion, the historical and cultural importance of the Portuguese language on campus and in Tufts' host communities, and consistent enrollment in the program since it began in 2015. After Portuguese department head Cristian Suarez resigned in the spring of 2021, Tufts promoted part-time Portuguese lecturer Maria Champlin to the role of interim department head and hired a second part-time lecturer, Camila Silva. Neither Champlin nor Silva, the only Portuguese lecturers at Tufts, were alerted by the university of the decision to terminate the program. Instead, the decision was announced at a Spanish department meeting where the Portuguese lecturers were not present. Three students involved with the Portuguese program, junior Sofia Costa, junior B.R. Rose, and sophomore Roger Burton Patel, developed a petition and collected testimonials from students, faculty, and alumni in support of the program. As of November 10th, over 1,200 people had signed the petition. More recently, Costa, Rose, and Burton Patel drafted a Tufts Community Union Senate resolution calling on the university to retain the program. I spoke to Valerie Infante, Tufts Community Union Class of 2023 Senator and Administration and Policy Committee Chair, about the decision to eliminate the Portuguese minor and the student movement that emerged in opposition to it. My name is Valerie Infante. I use she, her pronouns. I'm the Administration and Policy Chair and Class of 23 Senator. In her capacity as a TCU Senator, Infante worked with the student activists behind the Save Tufts Portuguese movement and spoke with members of the university administration about the termination of the program. Infante also felt a personal connection to the student movement as a Latin American student. She explained the importance of retaining the Portuguese department based on her own experiences and conversations she's had with student activists. So a lot of it I learned through Portuguese-speaking students, really, on a personal note, like as a Latin American person, I'm Puerto Rican, and so I like felt like in some classes that um, the way colonialism is spoken about is from the U.S. point of view rather than the people that are colonized. And I feel like that's a similar perspective for the Brazilian uh, community in the sense that they feel like their native language is being silenced, it's not important. Uh, they don't care about these people, and I think that's unacceptable, really, as like an anti-racist institution that they're trying to be. For some context, Tufts host communities of Medford and Somerville include high numbers of Portuguese speakers and Brazilian immigrants. Portuguese is the third most spoken language in Massachusetts, and Somerville High School offers Portuguese classes. 
Infante also discussed the importance of maintaining a diverse range of language course offerings from an institutional perspective. Also considering the international relations program being so large, the language requirement being so extensive, the fact that the Fulbright program, like we send so many people, you know, the large reason for that is the language diversity of the university. The university defended its decision to eliminate the Portuguese minor, saying that it plans to allocate these resources towards classes and departments with more demand. Dean of the School of Arts and Sciences James Glazer said that some of the Portuguese program budget would be reallocated towards a new position in the Department of Romance Studies focusing on Afro-Latin and indigenous literary and cultural studies. Glazer also said that no one would be laid off based on the decision to eliminate the minor. The Dean of Arts and Sciences has said that, oh, this money will be allocated to uh, different, you know, academic programs that are rooted in anti-racist work. And that, I believe, is amazing. Um, I think money should be allocated to that. But I don't understand why both things can't be funded. That's the part that I'm generally still confused about. It's like, why can't they both be funded? I don't understand why we just can't have, like, all of these programs at such an expensive school. Why we can't afford Infante met with the students behind the petition to rescue the Portuguese program and discussed how they could continue to make their case to the administration. They're very clear as to why they cut the program, but less clear on so like how can we convince the administration that the program should be funded. I think that's the core problem here is like how can we convince the administration that this is worth funding. Infante encouraged Costa, Rose, and Burton Patel to submit a Senate resolution in addition to their petition, which they're in the process of doing. The TCU Senate discussed an abstract of the proposed resolution, which urges Tufts to cancel its cuts to the Portuguese program and invest in its long-term viability at their November 14th meeting. They plan to vote on the resolution after Thanksgiving break. If passed, a Senate resolution would highlight to the university that the student body supports retaining the Portuguese program. It could also offer Costa, Rose, and Burton Patel an opportunity to discuss their concerns with members of the administration. However, Infante expressed that the ultimate responsibility to act lies with the university, not with TCU Senate. I want to emphasize it shouldn't fall on Senate. Senate is doing this out of, like, courtesy because we think, like, that's our responsibility, but it shouldn't fall on Senate at all. This administration completely. For The Rewind, I'm Chloe Courtney Bowl. Thursday, November 25th is Thanksgiving Day. Tufts will not hold classes Wednesday through Friday. The university will be closed Thursday and Friday. That's it for this November 23rd edition of The Rewind. We'll be back soon with more stories from the Tufts Daily. The Rewind is brought to you by the Tufts Daily. Our producers are Perry Barrist and Chloe Courtney Bowl. 
Audio editing by Michael Friedman, Aaron Klein, and Emily Walker. Hannah Harris is the executive audio editor. I'm your host, Emily Thompson. Thank you for listening.